and welcome back to a very special episode of the Three Point Sports Podcast or Spartan Sports Blitz Proof of Concept Podcast, depending on who you are, the listener. Got a couple of different things in the works right now. It's a very exciting time. Michigan State basketball is just around the corner. And so I have a very special treat for you all. We're going to just jump right in. Without any further ado, joining me now live is Ryan Cole, former Impact Sports Director and now works at 9 and 10 News. And you also do sports part-time there when the season and or environment allows you. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Well, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, certainly has been one heck of a year for, uh, you know, sometimes I'm doing sports, sometimes I'm not. And uh, right now, high school sports in Michigan on a hold, but uh, definitely looking forward to a little Michigan State basketball. Yes. And Michigan State basketball has also been off and on this year. It feels like forever ago, and I'm just going back through and I'm looking through the 2019-2020 roster, and it still feels like Rocket Watts is a freshman and all these guys because I didn't get to see them as much as I would have liked, and then I was really hoping to dig into the tournament and enjoy that and really catch up on stuff, and now that whole thing was wiped away and we get to start back over and we'll see how it goes, so... Michigan State, they're taking on Eastern Michigan, and then after that, Notre Dame, and it's a whole new schedule with some cutdowns, some changes, probably some cancellations. Just big picture, what do you think of college basketball being back? Well, it's certainly, I mean, like, as a as just a basketball fan, it makes you excited and everything, but, you know, to know everything that it has gotten us here, it's, you know... And I'll be I'll I'll be honest, like I'm a little wary of you know a couple of these games of, of Michigan State traveling on the road. You know, December first, they play at Duke down in North Carolina, and then a week later they travel to Virginia, December 9th, uh, to take them on the in in the Big Big Ten ACC Challenge. And so, you know, as far as travel goes, you know, we we've also seen it with some teams. In college football, in Big Ten football specifically, uh, especially with Maryland, you know, they've had a couple weeks where they've had to put things off, and there have been several college football games that have been canceled, postponed, and everything. Well, those are once a week, every Saturday. Now you get basketball in, and in order to get in enough games, they're planning two, sometimes three games in a week. So we're, I think we're going to see even more announcements and even more cancellations, postponements uh, in college basketball. And uh, it's just a matter of time, obviously, before it either affects Michigan State or one of their opponents. And, and then that's if that's the case, that sends Michigan State scrambling to find games. And uh, it, it's just going to be a wild ride of a season, John. Yeah. Izzo himself is just getting back this week into the office. Late last week, he watched practices. He got in the office this week. He had it as well. Luckily, it was mild symptoms. And it's odd because Izzo used to be the young guy. He's 65. He's that perfect demographic. And so luckily, it wasn't an issue for him. But it's going to be very interesting because there's a lot of coaches out there. There's older coaches as well. You can have family and and the campus environment to some campuses, depending on what state you're in, they're completely empty right now. Michigan, Michigan State, they're on virtual learning. So it's got to be a very interesting environment for all these players where it's very specifically basketball. And looking at the guys coming back, Winston and Tillman, they're off in the NBA, officially NBA. This team, who's starting? I've seen a couple different permutations, a couple different breakdowns. 
and I've got thoughts where I think Ezo might go, but it that might, doesn't always necessarily line up with the most talented guys because Izzo is very much a, you earn your place, you earn your way. Well, exactly, and that's, I mean, you, you have to earn his good graces, obviously, and uh, he certainly has, um, so, so three captains have been named, and so I think you can pencil those three guys into a starting lineup, and it's Foster Lawyer, Josh Langford, Aaron Henry. Now, if you put those three in, and you have to have Rocket Watson, the sophomore, who I thought was really starting to hit his stride towards the end of the year last year, and like you said, I would have really liked to see what he could do in uh, an NCAA tournament kind of style format, uh, see what he could do on a national stage. And so if you say that's four, and then you have to have Joey Hauser in uh, the transfer, and he's kind of the forgotten guy, I think, uh, with this Michigan State roster because he had to sit out last year. And and I don't think enough people remember just how good he was at Marquette two years ago. He's, you know, and and he and his uh, his brother Sam, they're courting, they were being courted by so many different schools. Uh, Michigan State was trying to get both of them. Uh, Wisconsin, another big one. And then Sam goes to Virginia. So if all goes well, the brothers will play against each other December 9th. But uh, you know, he, he was very good two years ago at uh, Marquette. And I think he's really going to be fitting into that stretch four mold that uh, Michigan State and Tom Izzo have used to their advantage the last couple of years with Jaron Jackson a few years ago. And then Xavier Tillman really kind of flourished in that role. And Miles, Miles Bridges even did his freshman year. He played more of that stretch four position. Uh, before moving a little more to the wing. And Kenny sophomore. Goins even found a jump shot, which was huge for him in this team. Right, right, yeah. And, I mean, and, and Hauser has that. So he's he's got size, he's got range, and uh, and he's been getting a lot of rave reviews from the coaching staff, I think because they're trying to remind the fans, hey, we know we just lost a workhorse in Tillman, who's one of the, the better Spartans in Tom Izzo's career, but – Look at what we've got in the waiting, you know, and, and uh, so as far as the starters go, I mean, you know, I, I think you have to you have to expect Lawyer, Langford, Henry, uh, Hauser, and Rocket Watts, and but maybe I, I, that seems kind of like a small lineup to me. Yeah, so. Izzo never never puts just the hey, this guy's a stretch four, but. He always likes to play two bigs, even when it's to his detriment. I mean, Jaron Jackson, they were playing so much Nick Ward at center, so he wouldn't play Jackson there. And I can't imagine he just put Hauser at the five. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And so that's where you probably trade out out of those guys. I mean, it's probably Lawyer or Langford. I mean, Langford, we don't know what we're getting out of him. You know, if you're Tom Izzo, you really don't understand, you know, what he's gone through until you see him on the floor playing all those minutes and everything. I, I personally am not expecting him to be the Josh Langford of old. Um, so I think you probably take out either Lawyer or Langford from that starting lineup, and then you go with any one of the bigs. And that's, I think, the, the next question with this team is, who do you have uh, as that five? And, you know, you've you got some experienced guys. You've got Thomas Kithier. You've got Julius Marble. And you've got Marcus Bingham. But which one of those guys can you really expect to step up into that role? And, and, and then you wonder, does Malik all play a role, or is he more of that stretch four that you have? So I, I tend to think that 
he would go. See, that's the thing is, I, I really am not quite sure, but Bingham has the size, the the range, but then Kithier is just solid every time he goes in, and then Marvel is exciting and showed flashes. So it's oh gosh, it is quite a toss up, man. Yeah, and Izzo has shown that he's not afraid to start more cerebral guys, as it were, or older vets at center or as a big man for depth and, and not necessarily going with youth, much to sometimes people's frustration because you want to see the shiny new toy, the young kids in there. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think it comes down a lot to what is Lawyer's defense going to look like? Has he been able to put on more strength? Because that was really an issue with him is just he's a smaller slider guy. Can he stay up with big college basketball bodies it he's listed at six foot i don't know if i believe that completely but no, no he can't be but no, i agree uh, his passing's fantastic so that to me comes down to who do you think works all the way better for you uh watts watts is defense but is his passing there where you need it to be or lawyer's passing is incredible but his defense what what's the trade-off right exactly and and you know, we saw with Cassius Winston uh, in his growth over his career, uh, what kept him on the floor was his overall understanding the offense, where he had to go, when to call for a pick and roll because your set play just isn't working. And he ran the transition game so well, and that's a staple of Tom Izzo's teams is getting out, you know, defend, rebound, and run. That's That's the staple. So, can one of those guys lead the break better than the other? Can one of those guys understand who is where in that offense at all times? Uh, because, you know, I think it is pretty certain who's the better defender. It's Rocket Watts. And, you know, he was just a, a beast on defense as that year went on. And I would say it was even more exciting as a defender than an offense uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, if if he is far and away the better facilitator and runner of that offense, it's going to be Rocket Watts, and they're going to give him all the minutes. But Foster Lawyer, they've been raving about him in the offseason, too. I guess we're just going to have to see when they play Eastern. Yeah, it's not like they're in a situation where you're playing Matt Van Dyke at center because there's a bunch of injuries ravaging this roster. <laughs> no, thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> Dude played his heart out, though. Really sweet guy. Really nice guy. Get nothing but nice things to say about him. Give some hard times to some of those Purdue bigs, too, like Isaac Haas. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's such a thing as small ball, and then there's him, Matt Van Dyke yeah. ball. So yeah, this was- year, I don't think there's an issue. There's not a lack of athletes or people. It, if anything, it would be COVID, but really, basketball is so small, you're just going to quarantine your whole roster. So, hey, that's a thing. Bingham is an interesting thing, too, because what we saw last year, his profile coming out, he's a Michigan kid. Seems like this amazing athletic, almost maybe face up forward who can attack the basket, also shoot it. And was it just me, or was he in Izzo's doghouse most of the year? Yeah, that's that's a probably a good term for it. I mean, the guy the guy played, you know, sparing minutes in some games, and then played a lot of minutes in in others. I mean, and and you look at his his game rap. You know, they played thirty one games last year. He started sixteen of them, so quite literally half of the games. So it, his role just kept going back and forth and, and he kept jacking up threes and only made five out of his 28 that he, that he shot all year. So you, you kind of wonder, you know, what his role is in his team. 
and really it's he's got to use that body, especially when it got to Big Ten play last year. He just he's so long and wiry that he really didn't have much to hang with any of the Big Ten bigs. I mean, the Big Ten is so deep and so large and so you know just muscular. It's it's about it's about what you got down you know down low with the with the bigs. That's how you win in the Big Ten. And uh, Marcus Bingham, he just didn't have that last year. Now we will see how much, if at all, he's bulked up this year. Because um, he he I, I think I remember counting how many shots he took without dunks. And I swear his first dunk, even though he's six eleven and you know he probably doesn't even have to jump to dunk. I think his first dunk came way, way later in the season than it should have. Yeah, and and that's an interesting puzzle of athleticism versus, you know, resistance at the rim and where does that all kind of fit together in this whole puzzle of the Big Ten. It'll be interesting to see how long the delay is from the modern basketball where everybody wants these a million forwards or that can shoot and switch and everything and college because of there's just so many different levels of skill set that skill and or size usually wins out. So it'll be interesting to see how this all pieces together and matches up because Michigan State, there's a lot of talent on this roster. It's just how does it fit together and has there been enough growth? And I think Hauser, too, is going to be such a unique piece for Izzo to have a, a big like this who is not only Jaron Jackson, very talented, but a younger player, maybe not quite as assertive. Hauser, I think, is going to be great for this locker room, but then also great on the court. And that, I think, will be a really fun matchup for Izzo to play around with, as long as he doesn't go, hey, two bigs need a post-up at the same time. But I don't think he's in that mindset anymore. It's not 2002. So from there, with this talent, where do you see its ceiling? What's, what's the floor? What's the ceiling with this collection of talent? Well, to me, I, I think it's a high floor, high ceiling kind of group. Um, the problem is that your floor gets brought. Your your floor was even higher the last few years because of Cassius Winston. I mean, he was one of the top five Spartan basketball players of all time, uh, a perennial All Big Ten player, sometimes All American player, and you know, in the worst of games, he'd bring you back. He'd bring you up, and. And that was why their floor, the worst that they could play, was so high in the past few years. So it is it is notably lower than that because you don't have caches to bail you out. However, you look at the roster, I think there's a lot of guys that have so much left in their careers to give. Uh, obviously, Aaron Henry is uh, the leading returning scorer in everything from this team. And Such a weird thing I, I to say. I still think he's only barely touched on his athletic potential the same goes for rocket watts like i said we just barely started to see him get really into what he could do last year and then another guy that i haven't even mentioned yet gabe brown i think gabe brown has all the athleticism in the world and can and and he was last year he was attempting so many stupid dunks that would never go in but you could tell he had the stuff to jump out of the gym and sometimes he get close to dunking it, and, and I think he has that kind of jump to him where this year he could be a better alley-oop finisher. He could be a better defender and stay on the court more because he really averaged 22 minutes a game. I mean, Tom Izzo might be asking him to do more now as a junior. So 
He's a guy that I think has a lot of growth in him. Bingham, it's it's just getting started with him. And then Julius Marble, too, down low. I mean, I look at the roster and I see a lot of guys that have a lot left. So as far as the ceiling goes, I think this could be another Big Ten championship team. And they've won the last three. They're being picked fourth in the Big Ten this year. And I think that they see that as a slight because it's kind of a you, – you can't – pick someone to beat Michigan State until you've seen it. And uh, so I, I think that the floor is pretty high and the ceiling pretty high. Yeah, especially with, I think, the big decider for this team will be is if there's one guy who can really come and be the dominant alpha. It's it's interesting when Aaron Henry is the leading scorer on this team coming back because because there was it was Tillman and Winston doing the work. And I think Watts might have the highest skill set I've seen on this roster so far. Can he put it together? Can he make smart decisions? Where's his development as a ball handler and a passer? And how does that work together? But it's a deep Michigan State team, which is kind of a nice luxury to have. And so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with momentum. Because you've had years where you come in, you got Draymond Green, and they flame out. and Or Denzel Valentine, and it doesn't go as far. And then you have other times when it's a Final Four run that nobody saw coming. And Michigan State right now, they are ranked top 15, number 13 in the AP, number 12 in the Coaches Bowl. And, you know, that sounds about right. And then looking ahead, though, it's really odd. This The Big Ten, again, incredibly deep with Iowa coming in at number 5 in the AP, followed by Wisconsin at 7, and then... You've got Illinois at eight. Michigan is also getting votes or at the very end of this as well. Ohio State around that ballpark. Rutgers getting some votes. That's a lot of competition to gut through. Yes. Yeah, and, and the Big Ten has by far the best basketball coaching in the entire country. And when you have great coaches, you have you have to play your A game every time, especially when you're on the road. Now road games won't mean as much this year because you won't have the crazy student sections and everything there. But any given game in the Big Ten, you can lose. I know it's a cliche, and Tom Izzo says it all the time, but it's the truth. I mean, you, you think of Rutgers, and you don't think of a great athletic program, but Steve Peichel has that program rocking. And I felt bad for them last year that they couldn't get to the tournament because they were going to make the tournament, and that doesn't happen often in Piscataway. So, you know, that's just one example of of a, a league that is top to bottom, the best in the country, and that's why Tom Izzo and this Michigan State program, they've got to feel slighted that they've won the last three. They've come out from the best conference in the country with the championship the last three years, and they're being picked fourth this year behind an Iowa team that hasn't played defense in years, uh, a Wisconsin team that has some guys and everything, but but Michigan State went toe-to-toe with them last year. And then you know, Illinois, I am high on. I, I do like Illinois. I like Wisconsin a lot. I would pick Michigan State third personally. Uh, I just don't see it with Iowa. Um, it, they finished 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten last year, and they're being picked fifth in the country right now. I just don't quite see it, but it's going to be a dogfight in the Big Ten, as always. Yeah, just to speak on Iowa, they might have Garza, an incredible, incredible, possibly player of the year candidate, depending on how their season goes. They've got a great shooter in C.J. Frederick, but their defense was 97th nationally and 12th out of, in the Big Ten. So they're not quite the bottom of the barrel of the Big Ten, but pretty darn close. And so I think... 
Michigan State, their matchup will come a lot of ways. I think the defense is going to be there, especially with this many bodies. I think Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown, both of them being 6'6", 6'7", wings who can kind of defend everywhere and switch everything and play really hard. That's an incredible luxury for Izzo to have two guys such interchangeably on the defensive side of the ball if their potential works there and then there's a bunch of length. I'm not really worried about the defense. I'm worried about Michigan State being able to put up points, especially when you don't know where the offense is going to flow from, who's going to have control of the ball. Is Lawyer going to be setting guys up or is it going to be Rots kind of attacking and then kicking out? That, to me, I think will decide a lot of things of where they see that growth offensively because it's not like people were putting up crazy numbers last year with Winston and Tillman. It was a defensive-focused ball and then they were smart on offense. The smart on offense, I think, is is the biggest part because you lose those smarts when you lose Cassius Winston. You know, he he just... The thing that made him so great was his feel for the game he could tell when he had to go get it himself and when he had to kick it out. And and I don't quite see that yet with Rocket Watts. He he jacked up way too many shots last year. I think anyone would tell you that. He shot 28% from three and, and 39% for the entire season. So he his his ability to push and pull, you know, kind of like Cassius did, uh, if he grew in that in this offseason, that's going to help this team tremendously. If he didn't, they're going to give the rock to Foster Lawyer to facilitate because he was a 45% three-point shooter. He didn't force the issue like Rocket Watts did. That's Rocket's game, though, so maybe he's just better off at the two playing off the ball. So it's it's going to be a push and pull, and in classic Tom Izzo fashion, they're probably going to lose a few of these early games because he's going to keep trying everything and keep placing something here, placing something there, testing it out. And then when it comes to the end of the season, February and March, that's when he wants everybody firing on full cylinders. Yeah, and this schedule is loaded. I just quickly went through and counted. You got Duke and Virginia non-conference, which, again, we have a non-conference. Interesting. Right. But Duke's number nine, which is unusually low for them. Virginia's number four, no surprise there. Twelve of their 27 games are ranked opponents as of this recording, that I know Michigan State usually plays brutal schedules, but that in particularly this year, after such a long layoff and all sorts of quirks happening on and off training camp and executive orders and so on and so forth and how that applies, this either has the potential to look like a really, really good team or things could go really sideways. Well, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, Tom Izzo has always said it. It's play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And you know, as far as as far as this team goes, they're probably going to, like I said, lose a few of those early games because they are a bit younger than they have been before. And uh, and when you do play Duke and Virginia so early on, it's tough. And then, you know, the rest of the schedule, as far as the non-conference goes, Notre Dame, that's not an easy game. And I mean, then they play they play a lot of directional Michigan Michigan schools, you know, and. And that's all right and all, but I mean, you can't you can't fall asleep against those teams. I mean, uh, fun fact: they're playing Detroit Mercy for the first time in almost twenty years because Izzo kept losing to UAD Mercy in the early parts of his career. So he knows you can't sleep on these kind of teams. Oh, especially I mean, you see Oakland, and there's some really strong programs. CMU's had some talented players come through. It's not like these are pushovers. But Eastern Michigan, Notre Dame, Duke, there's definitely an escalation there 
Uh, and at least, thank goodness for the Eastern Michigan game. I don't really think we need to preview that much because no. I, I don't think anyone can really take anything away from that game either because uh, Izzo's decision-making on that game probably won't be indicative of what he plans to do against the big boys. I'd imagine there, too, it's going to be a lot more tinkering around with the lineup, seeing who's got what and how it kind of comes together. And then Notre Dame, right now, I'm seeing them as 126th in the nation in projections and... They've got a lot of seniors returning, which does seem to be the trick for what is a surprise good team, a team coming back with a lot of veterans. So I think that could be an interesting matchup. That's happening Saturday. And then a week from now, exactly a week, is Duke. How do you think State's going to do against Notre Dame? How do you think they're going to do against Duke? Well, I mean, both of those teams, obviously, and I, I mean, if I'm if I'm going to go out and call Big Ten the best conference of basketball, they're each from the second best conference, the ACC. So... You know, I, I think when it comes down to it, uh, you know, Michigan State is a better team than Notre Dame, but it's it's that Duke showdown that everyone's going to be looking at. And and last year I saw them play in person, and and Duke just had – they just had more firepower from the start. Michigan State was playing from behind the entire game. And, uh, and what they can't afford to do is get behind early. And, you know, it, again, a luxury of – COVID is you won't have the Cameron crazies there at Cameron Indoor, but you have to come out with your hair on fire because Duke is just so good in that building, and uh, and and you have to be ready because that Coach K and Tom Izzo rivalry, if you will, Izzo's only won twice out of the 11, 12 times they've played, and and you know I think he has that in his mind every single time they go up against each other. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's like football rivalries. When is it not a rivalry? I mean, Coach K, is he the best college basketball coach of all time? I mean, I don't know who else would be vying for that honor. Also, basketball coach with the most longevity with his hair. Like, the dude has looked the same for the last 20 years. It's impeccable. Yeah, his hair gets darker every year. Yeah, It's just incredible. Both have been around for such a long time. Izzo... Oh goodness, we're coming up on thirty years now, just around the corner, not too long away. That's that's something else. I can't imagine with the squad, Duke. I don't know about that matchup. Yeah, I think Michigan State. If I'm going to be honest, Eastern Michigan, they roll them. Notre Dame, solid win. Duke, if they pulled out, great. Because there's very rarely that I can remember that when Michigan State they front load their schedule. I can't remember many big wins early on against high-ranked teams. It's just not how his teams are built. No, and and especially when they're younger like this, you know that's that's why you know, like I think it was Denzel Valentine's senior year, they won a couple of those early big games against Kansas and Louisville, and so they escal- they they rose to number one in the country uh, based on that. But that was an experienced team. This is a younger team. You're counting on a guy like Foster Lawyer to be a captain, Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, a sophomore. Uh, that's where I've just, I, I've seen it happen. So I, I, it's nothing against these guys. They're just going to be uh, figuring stuff out. But as they always do, Duke has three five stars coming this year. And, uh, and so they're going to have to really uh, test out, you know, th- their, their strength uh, against those young guys. So, even though Michigan State's young, so is Duke. So, you know, maybe maybe Michigan State's the more experienced team in that, in that game. Well, yeah, if you just want to list off the names of the guys leaving the program, I mean, it, 
comes out to seven players departing. Vernon Carey leading the way, who I thought is a very solid late-round pickup in the NBA. I actually got him in 2K a couple times doing virtual drafts, but they're going to miss him. Trey Jones is out. Cassius Stanley, he's gone. That right there is 44 points that they have to make up. Their returning score, Matthew Hurt, 9.7 points per game. They're kind of in a similar situation to Michigan State that way. It's interesting to have a matchup of two teams. Michigan State, you don't necessarily have as big of a departure. There's not as many turnover with freshmen leaving for the NBA or things like that. There is some years. But Duke, more so than usual, there's not this key returner coming in for Coach K. So maybe... Maybe Izzo can steal one right here. It's not like you're going on the road to steal one. It's not the same thing. And the Izzo being gone, I mean, you're, you're mentioning that, the lack of the crowd and how that's going to impact or the lack of impact, as it were, in the game. I'm I'm kind of, it's hitting me hard here, the realization that the Izzo Izzone is not here this season. As a former member of the Izzone, what does it bring to a school to have an Izzone, and especially Michigan State, to have the fan section in all of college basketball. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, there's no doubt that the student sections play a huge role in the course of a game. Uh, and the thing is, they actually, they, they it's kind of another push-pull situation where if your team is winning, you can, the student section gets behind you and you're, you're just, you're golden. You can coast. And, but then if you're getting behind and everything, the students can, they kind of notice that. And I feel like the players, you know, at home, even in the is zone, as great a student section as it is, they can sense, uh-oh, like, you know, th- this team's in trouble. And I think the players can sense that too. So as far as, uh, as, far as the is zone goes, obviously I'm biased. I was a section leader in it. I think it's the number one student section in the country. Uh, Michigan State has always played tremendous on the on the home court. I do think that um, you know it will still help them to have the friendly confines of their own locker room, their own facility. They don't have to travel on a bus and everything. But yeah, they're absolutely going to miss it. They're going to miss uh, you know getting under the the student section gets under the opposing coaches skin the opposing players the the free throw distractions i mean there's a whole lot to it and the big 10 like i said earlier has the best student sections and the best home courts in the country michigan state whenever they travel i know they're the number one program in the conference that's that's why but they never play in front of an empty arena i mean it is jam-packed every single time and and they really are every other team's Super Bowl uh, as as far as their home schedule. So, you know, it's Michigan State has run into that the last few years. They always get the best uh, performance out of their opponents because they always want to take down the top dog. And psychologically, it'll be interesting, too. There was some people theorizing with the NBA bubble that a, a blowout, it's not going to just be a team. It's going to be much harder to rally. And so it'll be interesting to see how players at the college basketball level are able to find that self-motivation to to really try to dig in and come back. And if we're going to see rallies this year, is there going to be a lack thereof? There's so many factors. It'll be very, very interesting to see how this all develops. And then uh, what the crowd noise situation is going to be, because for a while watching football was a little odd and then you kind of adjusted to it like everything else this year. 
but uh, basketball without fans and just empty stands, it's going to have a psychological impact. Mm-hmm. And I, I know the players and the coaches, they're going to be tough enough to go through it, but it'll just be interesting to see how everyone takes it and grows with it and adjusts. And then, you know, hopefully next year, we're hearing lots and lots of good things. You and I both as news producers, uh, the vaccines, they're coming. They're effective uh, based on their studies. So hopefully next year, then what what happens? You get these freshmen coming in this year. They're going to get used to playing basketball again, and then they'll get to be like freshmen all over again, getting used to a Big Ten game on the road. That's something I didn't think of till just now. And, and they'll be freshmen again because the NCAA is giving them that extra year of eligibility. So, you know, it, quite literally, they, they are getting kind of a test run this year. Yeah, especially because no one knows how the season's going to go and if it reaches the finish line. So based off of, you know, the rapid test and everything doing, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, Ryan, anything else that we should be touching on or covering? Anything here in Michigan State-wise sneaking out? Tillman, he went to the Memphis Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson's already there. No strangers there as well. I mean, you've had former Michigan State graduates go there quite often. Deontay Davis... And even before Zach Randolph, a lot of Michigan State big men wind up in Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Grizzlies seem to love that East Lansing program. They're kind of East Lansing South, if you will. Yeah. And I think Tillman, he might have a solid NBA pro career. With he's a really, really good defender. He switches well. He plays hard. Coaches are going to love him. And if that three point shot comes along with him, that that will be next level for him. I don't see him becoming an NBA starter anytime soon unless something goes very, very wrong in Memphis if they already have Jaron Jackson and then they have Jonas Valkyunas, but and Brandon Clark, another really good college basketball player coming in there. But Winston goes to the Wizards. Maybe, maybe a John Wall replacement. Ish, uh, Ish Smith is already there, former Piston. And then I think they just signed another guy too to a minimum contract. So Winston, I think he's probably going to get a two-way contract. But, and, and that means, unfortunately, we don't get to see him in Grand Rapids uh, with the drive. But that would usually be my go-to is I get to see the Michigan State basketball players if they're in the G League going around there. Bryn Forbes, uh, he just signed with the Bucks, So that another former Spartan there. Good for him. I think that'll be very interesting to see how a deadly three-point shooter like him gets to play with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right, right. And I mean, as far as, you know, Cassius goes, uh, it's... He, he's he's always proven the doubters wrong, and that's that's really his mo. And uh, and I know that Memphis and Washington are both getting uh, just tremendous people. Um, you know, in my time covering them, they were gracious, they were respectful, and uh, and they're they're you know great students and everything, and just great men. And uh, you know, you really like to see that, and uh, you certainly hope for the best for them. And then. And then, yeah, Bryn Forbes, I mean, another guy that uh, probably the most unheralded, unrated Spartan basketball player really of the last few years um, really carved out a solid role for himself with San Antonio. And uh, now he gets to play with Giannis. It's uh, pretty exciting for him. And, and I mean, if, if you took that 2016 NBA, uh, NBA draft for Michigan State and said which one of these players is going to have the best pro career, I would not have said Bryn Forbes. I definitely would have had it at Denzel Valentine, but uh, hey, Denzel, he, he you know, got his fighting. qualifying offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did. You know, that's that is what you're playing for. But yeah, I, I, I think Bryn Forbes has been a great surprise. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I think 
Valentine, he might have a chance. I thought he might go somewhere else. Chicago's pretty guard-heavy right now. And there are rumblings. I've got people do seem to like him in the NBA. His health, he's been a little snake-bitten there. But Forbes, he's carved out a great role. Valentine, he got a qualifying offer, which is something that happens with restricted free agency. He's getting four and half million this year to play pro basketball. Pretty good. And yeah, Cassius Winston, one of the nicest basketball players I've ever talked to. I was there for his freshman season and super smart kid, super kind. I can't imagine a team looking for more answers at point guard than the Wizards with the John Wall saga and they might be very, very, very pleasantly surprised with Winston. I for sure thought he would get picked up in the late first with a team that might need him. I thought maybe the Lakers or Toronto. And who knows, he might wind up going there soon enough. Well, we've already seen the the trade market and everything be just absolutely oh, crazy. Yeah, so, we, we do not have enough time to get into Detroit, nor me yeah. pulling my hair out of like, oh, this is interesting. Detroit's getting young, more young players and we're signing more guys to max contracts. And we're waving guys and Josh Smith flashbacks. Too many Josh Smith flashbacks. Oh, goodness. Or uh, Dumars and Charlie V and Ben Gordon, because Detroit has just an incredible track record of paying people and those guys working out so well. Wonderful. Yeah. But Michigan State, they have no issues with their track record, landing great talent, landing great players, setting up those men to be great people and pros and wherever they decide to go. And the school itself does a great job. I'm talking to a Michigan State graduate, Ryan Cole. Ryan, can you tell the people what you're up to and where they can find you if they're looking for a more incredible Michigan State insight or screaming about Michigan State football games as we have in this season? That's more like it. Uh, it's, pro- it's probably going to switch to screaming about Michigan State basketball games because I just, I mean, honestly, on these Saturdays, uh, ever since they beat Michigan, I've I've turned the TV off as they're, you know, facing these huge deficits. Yeah, what, so, what season? They played Michigan, they won. That That's the end of the football season for everyone, right? Everything else was canceled? This, this season is testing every Spartan fan that has always said, I don't care if we win one game all year as long as it's Michigan. Well, that might actually be the case. Monkey's so, paw curls a finger. Yeah, seriously. So uh, my Twitter, at Ryan underscore Cole 9, and uh, very excited to get through this basketball season. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. It sounds like there's a lot of excitement in store, and I'm sure we will have you on to talk more Local sports, high school sports, you're seeing all sorts of crazy athletes where you're at. And I'm now down in Lansing. I'll be here too. And so it'll be great to cross paths again down here uh, on the banks of the Red Cedar when life is more normal. But until then, we got the constants in the universe that are out there for us always. One of those being Tom Izzo, one of us being Sparty. And I think they're going to bring a lot of joy and a lot of happiness to people in a time when we all could use it. Yes, absolutely. An exciting season nonetheless coming up, uh, you know, and and it's always exciting to know, are they going to defend their three Big Ten championships? That's that's the name of the game this year. Ooh, yeah, they have the ability to do it. Just uh, putting it together will be the real trick. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And again, that was Ryan Cole joining me from WWTV up in Cadillac, Michigan. Ryan and I spent the last two years together and it was a lot of fun we're now in a couple different places but love of michigan state athletics stays with us as always and thank you so much for listening again i've got a lot of fun surprises on the horizon for you listeners maybe a change in location too 
who knows, but I will be sure to keep you guys updated on this. It's been a while, I know, and I would like to thank you all for staying with me, those of you who have, those of you new to the program, thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's the three point spelled out. You can also find me on Twitter at jgustin113 or John Gustin News on Facebook as my professional page as well. I'm down here in Lansing at WILX News 10. I am having an absolute blast, and it is a ton of fun in this town. It's been a great new experience, and I can't wait to take you all with this journey to see what there is to offer in one of the best college towns in the country and just a fantastic place to be. So thank you so much for listening. I promise we will have more content coming up on a regular basis. I wanted to walk a knockout the next week because there's just a lot coming really fast. We'll have some basketball coming up. Pistons talk definitely that we handed there. There's so many moves. I'm working on getting some guys there. I don't want to say names because, you know, things can always change. But working on getting some Lions and Pistons talk up in here. Oh, my. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next time.